and gentlemen, welcome to the show. You are listening to Game Club from Wannabe Critic Productions, and today we have a very special episode as we are interviewing uh, Darren Korb, the sound director for Supergiant Games, and accompanying me if you've been paying attention. Actually, you wouldn't have been able to pay attention because we're going to release this episode first to kick off this new series of the Supergiant Games uh, that we've been reviewing the past, how long has it been, Jacob? Almost a year? It's been like a year. We've had really bad scheduling, but yeah. Yeah, we've been playing the games over the course of a year. Yeah, so here we are. But uh, Darren, I wanted to throw it to you. How are you feeling tonight, man? I'm doing all right. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming back. Of course, you know, we sat down, oh, it's been almost a year ago also. Um, you know, we had you on the Wanna Be Critic podcast. It was just you and I, and uh, that was a, a really fun question. And again, I didn't get to ask like half the questions that I wanted to the first time. So I was super happy that uh, you were you agreed to come back and let us geek out with you a little bit more. So we're, we're really appreciative and we're happy to have you here. So awesome. Yeah, I noticed uh, you have, you know, you have a busy kit going on in the background. Have you been drumming recently? Is that what, what's been going on? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that that's my son's kit right there. My kit, I have an electronic kit over just to, that way. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, uh, I tr- drumming is a lot of fun. I do it as much as I can. It's going to be a, hopefully, I don't think my kid's going to listen to this. We got a lot of instrument stuff going on for the holidays. So hopefully like, it's half for him, but like half for me too, kind of, you know, nice. So, nice. So yeah. I'll benefit from all of his uh, holiday gifts this year. So. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's always, you know, it's always good to make it a family affair for sure. Yeah. So, well, um, obviously, the main reason we wanted to have you on tonight, we're going to be asking a lot of questions, you know, kind of around Supergiant's legacy and kind of all this stuff, all things pertaining to Supergiant. But the main thing that we wanted to kind of talk about was uh, this wonderful, you know, uh, vinyl that's coming Mm. out. And uh, I was hoping that I would have mine on hand (laughs) to be able to show it off. And like every day, like I get home from work and I'm like, I call my wife like 10 minutes before I get home. Like, did you check the mail? uh, She's like, no. I'm like, did my record come? She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, God, I just like hang up on her, you know? (laughs) So I've just been anxiously been waiting it. So uh, waiting for it. Um, Yeah, yeah. And I even convinced Jacob, you bought a, a special edition one too, right? Amazing. Yeah. So Gabe approached me to do this series after I played Hades. Hades was my first super giant game. I loved it. And he's like, you really have to check out these other games. Let's do a full series on it. And also, you should buy this right now because it's going to sell out really quick. And in retrospect, you're going to want to have bought it. Yeah. And he's 100% right. <laughs> After playing through every game now, um, it was it's the easiest purchase I could have ever made. Now, I collect vinyl already. Yeah, yeah. And then also seeing that you signed it. Yeah. I'm like, it just blew my mind. It absolutely blew my mind. Yeah, yeah awesome. Awesome just gorgeous vinyl too like i'm i'm super I hope duper it shows excited. up soon i hope it shows up soon i know they're really busily shipping them all out of the the warehouse and just kind of trying trying as fast as they can to, to fulfill all the all the pre-orders and everything but uh, yeah well how, however long it takes is however long it takes but you know it uh, ladies and gentlemen you can probably i'll probably show it off on twitter or something like that so you can you know follow me on twitter or jacob if you don't want to hear me ramble on about god knows what um so Anyways, we're we're super excited for that to come out. Obviously, that was the one that uh, got recorded at Abbey Road, yeah. and uh, we have a few questions around that that we wanted to kind of start with. We'll ask like some questions kind of pertaining to the games themselves, mm-hmm. um, and then we have some just like fun kind of general questions. Well, some are fun, but I don't know. I think we went a little too deep with these questions now that I'm looking <laughs> at them. But you know, it's like whenever you like set up to do an interview, you want to be like like no, this is critical. Like this is gonna be great. You know what I mean? So. Um, so I think a collective question that Jacob and, and I both kind of had, you know, there's a plethora of great music found within the Supergiant games. And I do want to preface something. 
the one aspect of Supergiant that I've always kind of kept up with has been the music. I hadn't beat, I hadn't actually, I had dabbled in all of the games, but I hadn't actually beaten, I'm still working my way through Hades, and I just, I suck at the game, which is why it's taking so long, but we're hot off the heels of Pyre, and having played, having played Transistor and Pyre now, you know, these games mean a lot, a lot, the the games mean a lot more, but the music means a lot more too at the same time. Cool. So I think a big question that we both had was, how did you go about choosing the songs? Like, how did, how did that kind of happen? Well, I feel like my main background is in songwriting. You know, that's sort of where I come from as a composer is, is songwriting. And so it's something that seems like if there is an opportunity to incorporate songs, we want to create those opportunities and, and have moments where there can be a song to add something meaningful to the experience. And it's something that we've done in each game and sort of decided that it's a thing that we really enjoy doing and, and like finding moments like that in the games. And so the, the songs themselves really are, are meant to enhance a particular gameplay moment or convey something that would be hard to convey otherwise or express a particular aspect of the tone or the theme. And, you know, for each game, the songs serve a slightly different function, right? I mean, in, in Bastion, the songs are sort of folk songs of the place. In Transistor, there are songs written by one particular artist, and they're meant to express that person and, and what that person writes about and what she thinks about and, and aspects of that person's world seen through her eyes. And then in Pyre, they're sort of you know, they're, they're these sort of bards telling the story of what's happening with you and these histories and things like that. And so it's, it, they all have a little bit of a different vibe and, and kind of in Hades, they're, they're more like particular songwriters writing these songs, uh, but with a little bit of a mix, you know, some, some of the, the uh, pyre techniques in there too. Um, so, you know, in each game, they serve a particular function. And for me, it's about finding uh, the best way I can to enhance the story, enhance the game, enhance particular moments of the game, and just uh, find a find a nice place for a song with lyrics to slot into. Because I feel like if you if you misuse a song with lyrics, or if you put it anywhere willy nilly, it could it could potentially detract from either the gameplay or the song. You you you, you it's hard to maybe focus on both things depending on how it's used. So. Um, we try to to have moments for the songs that that have lyrics. You have something, Jake? Go ahead. You look like no, I didn't. I, oh. I was. I think I was curious about when selecting the songs. That mm -hmm. transistor obviously has a lot of lyrics, right? And and the selection is weighted towards transistor. The song um, songs of Supergiant. Oh, you mean? I'm sorry. It was the question about on the vinyl specifically. Yes. <laughs> oh 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 gosh. <laughs> Jeez, no I answered a whole I, other question. I'm so sorry. I learned sorry. a lot, though. I learned yeah, a lot. Well, I was like, God, I love this guy. It's awesome. For the, for the, <laughs> so for the vinyl, you know, we we picked more or less, we picked the songs that we felt um, would translate the best to the orchestral format from each of these games. And from Bastion, it's more, it's pretty much all of the songs from the game rolled into one. For Transistor, there were just were a lot more songs in that game. You know, for Pyre, you know, we we picked songs that we thought would would translate well and be uh, fun to do, and weren't 
you know, 10, 10 minutes long or whatever. Um, <laughs> we were trying to keep it, you know, concise for a set, you know, it was originally how this was conceived. It was conceived for a live set. Um, so we wanted to make an entertaining set list, you know, was, was sort of part of the part of the goal for the song selection. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that's kind of how we picked the songs for the record was was just going through and kind of thinking about well, what are the what are the ones that would be fun to perform in this context? And, you know, a song like She Shines, for example, which isn't really in Transistor at all, um, was one we really wanted to do just because we thought it would translate really well and sound awesome and, and would be a lot of fun to for us to do in this context. On, on the topic of performance, right, you selected these around performance. Mm. I've seen these songs perform now in, in different settings, but it's, mm-hmm. it's been a select few. As someone who loves these and would love to see them live, is there any, I know you like to perform, you have your own band. Is there any desire to take this on a bigger tour ever across the country to places like Phoenix, Arizona? Or, or, <laughs> or, Bran- or Branson, Missouri. Yeah. Branson, Missouri. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, uh, yeah, Dollywood uh, maybe, but no, the, 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 <laughs> no, the, the, it's, it's one of those things where a tour is like an, a fun, attractive idea to me as someone who's never really done a try to do like a mini tour with a band back in the day. But, but, um, you know, part of it is I, I keep real busy as the audio director at Supergiant. So we're always working on something. So, so the idea of taking like multiple weeks off in a row to just tour, to like do work, you know, <laughs> take a time off to work, doing a different kind of work, um, is just something that, it seems like it would be hard to do for me or, or something that I would have trouble kind of committing to. Um, so I could certainly see us doing like more one-off things in the future when it feels kind of safe COVID wise to us. Um, right. You know, I could certainly fee- see myself, I mean, cause I love performing and, it, and it's super fun and, and Ashley and I have a, a great time performing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think, but but the tour thing, I get, I've, I've been asked this question <laughs> a couple times, and and yeah, it's like, if it were a commitment of like a more than a week or so, it's like, man, that's that's a lot of time. I don't know, <laughs> you know, it's sort it's of like my we're gonna we're gonna it. tour to that at uh, four different locations in San Francisco. Can yeah, make it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It kind of stems too from like. Hades just the guitar you just shred on Hades <laughs> and wanting to see that live is where that comes from for me oh sure yeah that would be I mean the Hades stuff you know I haven't really I've performed a couple of the tunes you know one tune in the orchestral context and a couple of them in the acoustic context from Hades but yeah we haven't I haven't done any really rocking shows of the super giant music and um it's something that I've pondered I mean it would be super fun to do and I think they translate pretty well to a live context like all rocking kind of thing but yeah you know it's just one of those things where it would involve a lot of um you effort know, a lot of work <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're telling me we're not gonna see you at the game awards you know ripping around like mick <laughs> gordon you know solo like doing like front kicks and you yeah, know I mean, it, it would involve a bunch of coordination and work and stuff and a lot of musicians that i would need to connect with that right I'm not currently connected with and a lot of just you know it would just involve a lot of a lot of pieces that uh would be would be hard to wrangle for me uh, especially because it's not my like full-time thing right. that i'm doing you know i'm but uh yeah i mean it would be a blast i'd love to do something like that if the opportunity came up you know Maybe whenever the next game comes out and it's like exploded and it's like a household name, everyone has it. Maybe. 
you know. <laughs> um, on the topic of kind of collaborating with other, you know, musicians, I had a question about Austin Wintry because I don't think mm-hmm. I really got um, the full – you know, because I've I've moved kind of into the world. Obviously, I sent you some of my music. You listened mm. to it and very you sent me very detailed notes, and I was like reading it. Like <laughs> you like actually listened to it, you know. Um, and I have to ask a question. You know, whenever I get an idea in my head, right, and you go to like start tinkering with it, and you start like making it, and like you want to put all these pieces together, it's like wow, this like really came together. Did you have him like kind of transpose a lot of these songs or did you work with him directly to kind of transpose some of these songs to correlate directly with an orchestra or did you just have him kind of there directing, doing his thing? So uh, for the record, Austin helped me sort of shepherd the project and he sort of co-produced the record with me and, and the sort of performance as someone personally, I've never really worked with orchestras before this at all in any context. Um, and Austin does that all the time. And he is a guy who he was very enthusiastic about the project. We're friends, you know, and, and he just was like, yes, I'm in. Let's do this. What do you what do you need? I'll help. And so he hooked me up with this arranger named Brian LaGuardia, who he had worked with um, a few times in the past, who's really good and, and just um, did an awesome job. Austin helped me. He was like the other principal feedback giver for, for Brian, essentially when Brian, you know, I, we gave him, I gave him some notes, like, here's the ensemble that we're going to try to work with. These are all the instruments we have. This is the goal. We don't want to have a, you know, I, I was, I was really interested in translating the songs, not directly. Like I wanted them to feel like they were kind of uniquely crafted for this context instead of just it's the recorded arrangement translated to other instruments you know i didn't really want to do that um i didn't want to have a drum kit i didn't want to have you know that kind of you know i wanted to actively avoid that stuff so so you you built it from the ground up basically you know because i mean you know as well as i as i do how easy it is to just literally take a midi track and be like oh i wonder how it would sound with this instrument and you don't have to redo it and it sounds cool, but it's not the same thing as actually like, you know, recreating something. So, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Jacob put this question on here. Uh, you know, we had seen the pictures of like the announcement of all the mm. the um records going out. You know, and you signing them. Like, what like prompted that? Was that was like, yeah, why not? Like, that'd be a cool thing to do. And out of curiosity, about how many times did you sign uh, that record, Darren? Well, so the on the limited editions, when we sold them, we said they were going to be signed. So that was that was the thing that prompted me to do it. Oh, <laughs> was that gotcha. That's what we promised. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I signed uh, over a thousand of them because uh, that's how many we made. And then I signed some extras in case there's like there we had like a, a little small overrun just in case there's breakage or something. So I signed some more. Um, but yeah, I signed, you know, somewhere somewhere thousand plus. Nice. You, you brought up the you i mean obviously the the use of a full orchestra is, is somewhat new right mm-hmm. and that experience at abbey road and, and kind of putting that together does that change or at least adjust how you are approaching your next project from uh potentially forever more full orchestral uh i guess on like a first draft kind of basis you know it's interesting because for me the orchestra still isn't like you know, I feel like I could write for orchestra if I had a specific goal of doing that for something. Um, but it's not my thing I'm going to use as my go-to probably just because it's not really my comfort zone. You know, I, 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 you know, sometimes I try to 
branch out and push out of my comfort zone deliberately, deliberately depending on the project, um, and just try to write on an instrument I don't play well, for example, or do a new guitar tuning that I've never used before. So my all the chords that I know don't work, and I have to kind of use my ears and try to relearn and experiment more. And so in that sense, I think it could be a fun thing to try at some point. Um, but it would really depend on the context. For me, it's all about trying to serve whatever the project is and trying to whatever thing seems like it's going to be the coolest for that context is the thing I want to try to pursue um, relative to my, you know, sort of triangulated with my own kind of set of abilities that I'm confident in uh, or or maybe something that I, I have a goal to to try to incorporate. I like hearing you say that because, you know, it seems like you would go for that particular, like, out there type vibe if it was right for the project. Like, I think about, you know, on Setting Sail, Coming Home, um, you know, that song, to my knowledge, right, I believe is played in Dadgad, correct? It's so, like Dadgad down a whole step. So right. It's like yeah, it's CGC, like FGC, yeah. Right. It's like CAD CAG. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, I, I play that song all the time. I play it yeah. at shows. Like, yeah. I probably owe you some money, you know, um, <laughs> for playing it. Um, but I love that song. Like, I usually – I will play that song for people to kind of, yeah. like, be like, yeah, this is from a video game. You cool. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. like, what? But yeah. is that was that, like, a native tuning for you already or did you kind of just, like, experiment with that, like – for you know is that kind of one of those instances where you're like oh that's dope i want to try and like make something in this tuning for for that tuning you know i'd been messing around with that tuning for a few years um actually before working on bastion like i was in i remember i, I was probably in college when i started messing around with with dadgad a bunch and i'd written some songs in dadgad just because it's fun and it makes you approach the instrument differently you can get some really interesting kind of rich chords and stuff um and fun like open things where you fret some notes but leave a bunch of stuff open and it just sounds cool well i mean um, yeah like that that song is like what literally like that's what i play in because yeah, of that yeah, song yeah, so, yeah 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 you yeah. know yeah it's a blast i love it and uh and you know it, 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 so i had been messing around in dadgad for a, a few years before starting bastion um you know several so yeah a handful of years and and I, so yeah i mean it's something that um that particular tuning was one I'd used before, but definitely on Hades, like I made up tunings and stuff. Like I <laughs> tuned, I had some crazy tunings, like out of Tartarus is some insane tuning. It's like, <laughs> I forget. I think it was like, it was like G G. It was, like, it was just weird, like just crazy. Super like, yeah. Tuned deep. all messed up. Like <laughs> it was G like up. I tuned the E like oh. up to G and then the A I tuned down to G. And I, yeah, I had a bunch of G's. Um, wow. Then, <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> well, part of it is you know that riff I wrote on a different instrument. I wrote that on a balama, which has this funky tuning, and and it's like played open, like you'd play like an open kind of rock riff, like an open kind of bouncy metal or rock riff, but it's on a kind of a Turkish folk instrument. And then I tried to translate that back to the guitar and so right. i had to like figure out a <laughs> the, the best out, way well, the way to do the open tuning uh, right effectively. So, yeah. <laughs> nice yeah that was i love i love sidebars like i love whenever i'm like oh i gotta ask that it's not on the list yeah. but i have to yeah. you know what yeah. i mean it, it all went over my head i am not <laughs> musically inclined i'm in the graces of you guys i can yeah. play clocks by coldplay on the piano and that's oh it. there you I go can't do anything more <laughs> play rock jacob's band, like yeah, yeah yeah jacob's like ha 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 you know dad who dad yeah who? yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Nice. Um, that's all I have for these songs of super giant questions. Did you have anything else you wanted to ask Jacob before we moved on to the game questions? Nope, that covers it. So we're hot off the heels of Pyre. And I had there had been a time where I had like watched all of the no clop no clop no clip documentaries like boom yeah. boom 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 and they just kind of ran together right yeah and I feel like at one point in time I heard somebody it might have been uh, either Imran or Greg say that this was like Pyre was like the hardest game for you guys to make type thing or at that time it might have been like one of the most challenging like labors of love type thing. Um, did I did I remember that correctly? Because, I mean, would you say it was the most challenging to kind of work on? I think. Well, so Amir uh, is, I think, the person you're referring to. So yeah, uh, Amir. Sorry, not not Amir. Yeah, he. So so I think you know, Pyre was a funky one. It was one. I don't know that it felt as hard working on Pyre as it did working on Transistor. Um, Transistor was one that really we we felt we really had to work work hard at, and Pyre certainly was was hard in its own way but i think we didn't um we a lot of us kind of just went went nuts so to speak like kind of went you know just kind of went where our spirits took us for for that game to to a degree i think so part of the challenge i think for pyre was trying to make it all find the right balance for a game that had like kind of some disparate elements you know to try to like marry that together and try to make it all kind of flow into itself and and to have all the components feel like it, as if they are part of a whole piece you know uh, i want to ask a question from like the audio director side of you mm-hmm. when it comes to pyre and how from my perception this is the most dialogue in any of the games so far up to this point right mm-hmm. um was the choice to do different languages due to the constraint of that? Um, and because I've read different things and as I learn about game design more, there's just that creativity that comes out of constraint. I just love finding out about those details. And I was curious when I read that and saw those different languages and, and um, I was curious if that correlated at all to just the vast amount of dialogue in Pyre. Yeah, more or less it was a practical reason because we just didn't think we'd be able to record that much voiceover. Uh, we just didn't at the time, you know, and we, it was our first game that had a bunch of voiced characters and a big cast of characters. So we were, I was comfortable directing actors who weren't Logan in a different la- made up language because it's just, there's not this level of scrutiny is not going to be as high, you know, it's so, so I felt comfortable, like, okay, well, these performances can sit in a game with Logan's performance and it'll be fine. Uh, I'm not as concerned about that. So it, it, that felt like, like something that was a little bit safer than trying to fully voice a game with and fully and cast this game, with the big cast of characters when we just hadn't done that yet. Um, that being said, doing that, in this sort of strange way on Pyre did give me the confidence to go ahead and, and do it in a fully voiced game that was fully voiced in English on, on Hades. Uh, so, and, and several people who we worked with on Pyre came back and, and worked with us on Hades as well. Didn't Logan do like a crazy amount of the characters inside of Pyre? Yeah. Okay. Well, how many was it? Like quite a, quite a in few. Pyre right? he did, he did, gosh, I want to say like four or five, four ish and in, in hades he does six 
He, was he the announcer yeah. too? Yeah. Okay, I was gonna say I was like I couldn't remember if I got that detail right. Oh yeah, I didn't have time to go back and watch, but that was so iconic. Like yeah. you know the difference between Rooks and yeah. him. You know with this very like yeah. outlandish, you know, yeah. like talking, and it's like, is that the same dude? It freaking is. Like yeah, you know, and I sh- yeah, some you know Jacob had tweeted out a picture of his ending. <laughs> Of the ending that he got in Pyre, you yeah, know, everyone's yeah. kind of like standing yeah. in the distance, yeah. yada yada yada, and um, it made me think. I just lost my train of thought a little bit, but he had like tweeted it out, and it just kind of made me, you know, like happy that. Oh, he had said like the team at Super Giant, super yeah. talented. Uh huh. Yeah. And like I had, I had been, I had been playing Pyre and like had seen that tweet, and I was like, yeah, like this game is just so full of just unique life i've never seen i've yeah. never played a game like it in my entire life yeah. you know m- yeah. maybe oregon trail but even then like it's not really <laughs> it yeah. doesn't do it justice you know yeah. and it's just it, it just speaks to the talent uh you know that you all you all have there oh, um i wanted to move on to bastion you know whenever you think about bastion through hades obviously i've played bastion like 15 times or something like that crazy um and we had re- man, we, when we had reviewed that game uh, Jacob was able to like pull a lot of like deeply rooted like things. I, there was a lot of things that connected for me with that game that I didn't even really realize. Like yeah. a tornado had had come through my town and like blown it away yeah. the year that I played that game, and I had never oh, wow. connected like the calamity with that particular thing and that being like an underlying thing that made that such a big deal, oh, wow. you know, in my in my life. And it was like, man, yeah, now I love Bastion even more. Um, <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> but but for you, you know, whenever you think about the process of, you know, the beginning kind of getting your, your teeth cut a little bit on Bastion to now we fast forward to Hades, which is obviously hugely successful. Um, there's no need to be humble about it. And, you know, the difference in creative process for each game, what would you go back and tell yourself? Cause you were my age, right? You were like 26 or something like that when you made Bastion or something like that. Right. So yeah, what would you go back and yeah. tell your, what would you go back and tell your like 27 year old self getting started in that world? Um, yeah, I guess I was 27 when it came out. Yeah, I was 27 when it came out. It was, I think it was when I started working on it, I was probably 25-ish. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, the thing that's interesting for me is that my my creative process hasn't changed a lot since then. Um, the thing that's changed is mostly just practice doing it. I've gained confidence doing it. I've practiced doing it a lot. And, you know, the thing that I've managed to um, remove from the creative process, not fully, obviously, because you never can, but but more is just some of the creative anxiety, the sort of existential paralysis and dread associated with creating things, you know, and just trying to make them as good as you can. And I've managed, you know, for me, it's, I've managed to to keep it fun and make it even more fun over time, I think, is sort of my the thing. And and I don't know that I would I'm sort of happy with the path that's gotten me to the place I am now creatively. And and I don't know that I would want to tell myself anything because, you know, it's the butterfly effect and all that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah. but but I think, you know, don't worry so much is probably be a good, good advice. You know, don't worry. Don't worry. You'd be fine. It is, it is the hardest thing too. Like when you sit down, 
Yeah. Because, I mean, I've I've made a lot of music, and I mean a lot since the last time we sat down. It's like you always you always do <laughs> try yeah. and make it the best it can be. Yeah. And you kind of go through like like you said like this this dread right of kind of yeah. like going through this thing, and then someone comes and t- comes along and tells you it's great, and you're just like get out. Like yeah. Don't tell me I'm good. Get out. Like I feel like an imposter because deep down inside, like I might think it sounds really good, but I don't want to hear anyone yeah. else say it. You know what I mean? Uh, uh. So, um, like, I, I totally get kind of what you're saying, and I, yeah. But I mean, with each game, I think at least sound wise and music wise, like you've we've seen that kind of evolve. You know, the yeah. emotion evoking, um, you know, moments in those games and the very pointed moments in those games where it's like boom like we're gonna hit you with this right Mm -hmm. now like for me a really emotional part was i struggled with pyre like i really did trying to finish it it took me forever yeah Yeah. and whenever you lift off and the song plays and you know your journey's about to come to an end and you're flying towards that you know the last star for the last time and it's like oh dang it you know what i mean like you just you (laughs) you feel it you know and it 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 just it's really it you know it's a it's a cool it's a cool thing to see how that evolution has taken place and how it's, I haven't, it hasn't missed yet for me. Mm. So, um, Jacob, did I cut you off? I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. I don't have anything there. Um, so let's move on to, let's move on to transistor just for a second. Mm. So, you know, I don't know if you like to cook, but I love to cook. I do. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, as well as I do, like you can cook stuff for yourself and like you take pride in it and it's good. Like I think like I like to make like a nice bowl of ramen or something like that, you know, and do my thing, make it all fancy. But it's a million times better when you prepare it for somebody else and they enjoy it, right? Yeah. And you're like, yeah. I know, right? It's pretty good. <laughs> so I think about it, you know, like since you had such an extensive working relationship with Ashley Barrett, um, did you find yourself having maybe a little more fun composing music that was designed to kind of complement her within um transistor was that kind of like a new avenue of create you know creating music for you or is like yeah like i'm i'm literally making this for you type thing yeah that's an interesting way of putting it you know i i for me it was transistor was had a lot of its own sort of unique challenges for us as a team and for me specifically i just you know it's, it's like that thing where a band has their entire lives to make their first album and then like two years to make their second or whatever it is, you know? And so a lot of the, the thing, your creative preoccupations and the things that you've, that are just sort of part of you, you can put into that first thing. And if you want to do something different for the second thing, you have to sort of discover, rediscover and create new things. And, and really like we, for Bastion, we really leaned into the stuff that we felt like we could execute and that's what a lot of that game is filled with is stuff that we felt we could do and then branching out from the stuff that is comfortable is a lot of what we had to do on transistor at least for me creatively so even though it's it's a style of music that i was into and enjoyed a lot it's not kind of a kind of music i'd made a bunch of before that so it really it took me a minute to really kind of adjust to the vibe of that game and sort of triangulate what i was trying to do musically and creatively there and the thing that was really unique for me about that project and is still pretty unique in in the project sense is that it's from a particular character's point of all the music is written by red 
all the music in the whole game was sort of how I thought about it. It's all Red's music. So I had to really do a pretty deep character dive on Red and the world and try to really understand what that world was like and how she saw that world and how that would cause her to interpret that into song. And I, and I looked at, you know, artists that I felt had qualities that we wanted Red to have, you know, Imogen Heap and Bjork and, and like Radiohead and like, like artists that, that when you listen to them, you get chills down your spine and you feel like they have some sort of special insight into like like how music is connected to feelings and how to express themselves for music. And they have to like some other kind of third eye that can see stuff that nobody else sees. And when you hear it, you're like, Oh, of course, you know? So I, it, it's like a tough, that's like a pretty tough goal. I feel like creatively, you know? So, so it, <laughs> I cer certainly was, it was like one of those where I really kind of uh, pulled my hair out a little bit at the beginning of that project. But once I kind of felt like I figured it figured out her, musical point of view and and tone of what i wanted the music to be it certainly got easier um writing specifically for ashley you know i'd done that for build that wall i wrote that with her in mind um because i had worked with her on a on a like a little demo project previously and i i thought you know what she would she would be great for this and and um and sure enough she was you know she was down and she, she did an awesome job so you know i I, I had written for her before and and I think for me it was like writing these songs I didn't feel like I was necessarily writing them for Ashley you know I, I to sing I mean I, I was writing them for Ashley sing but but I really felt like I was trying to write them I was trying to embody red as much as possible um writing those tunes that makes a lot of sense to me go ahead Jacob no I love that and, and the reference point of imaging heap like that I, I do see that so much now um and uh, it's cool to see that there's you know a deeper inspiration to like our music modern music whatever it yep. is in, in these other worlds and i had a goofy question in relation yep. to hades on this yep. topic um so zag clearly <laughs> angsty um he's got his issues daddy issues there sure. and i was curious were there any inspirations from for him musically because when i look at him i look he he likes punk rock in my opinion that's what i see i might be projecting too he's, he's got some emo vibes yeah. Um, but is, was that ever thought about? Cause you are Zach, right? I mean, that's, did you ever think about harnessing that angsty through some music at all? Yeah. You know, it, um, for me, the Zag in the score, if I had to like pick up kind of Peter and the wolf representation for Zag, it's the electric guitar and the score, you know, his, he, he is the sort of sort of engine of the rock in that game i feel like you know i mean it takes place in hell so you have to have rock and metal <laughs> um but but i feel like for me zag sort of represents the, the that you know and uh zag is an interesting dude because he's i feel like he's on the surface very kind of he has an edge to him and he seems like he's you know he's like quippy and kind of glib and stuff but but he's a really sweet dude who goes out of his way to help people and really like has these sort of um, admirable goals and that are, that are, I mean, he wants to connect with his mom and he has sort of sentimental qualities to him. And so it's, he's certainly like his aesthetic is he has an edge to him, but, and, 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 and I think the surface of his personality represents that too, but he really, I think, 
has you know he if you go down a little bit he's very you know sort of soft inside um got a hard exterior so he likes enya basically yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well so yeah. no i mean i is great and yeah. and and so so i did try to represent you know the the sort of hard rock aspect of the score is sort of for me in my mind was sort of zags that's like his component you know it's like that that's what i wanted the player to feel was that that zag is sort of driving the the emotion of the of the those moments in the music that makes a lot of sense and it's <clears throat> it's interesting to hear you talk about like you know he's not like some i mean he is ba but like he's not like you know malicious or like mean or nothing yeah. like his father right like yeah. nothing like what we would extend to at the point that i'm in the game you know i just found out i just had my first flashback yeah. i can't even freaking beat meg all right like i've <laughs> i've beaten her one time yeah. okay you'll get there yeah. you'll get there. i'm struggling no, I, I, there's no shame in turning on god mode too I that's mean, what i did is, yeah. that's what yeah. i did i had keep, to, i'm like i'm gonna beat this freaking game keep like, it on keep it on and you'll it'll get easier and easier and you'll, you'll get there don't worry about it thank you zag, okay zag is a character though as you describe that it, it's such a like I picture myself in Zag sometimes as like that again it's it's angsty yeah. at that point in life you know there's yeah. the hearts there but they're going through something yeah. um, and they manifest I mean outwardly as edgy mm-hmm. but deep down it's still that Zag and well yeah I know, I, oh sorry go, go ahead, ahead no no go, go ahead Gabe, yeah oh I was just gonna say like for me the more I the more I would play and. You know, just like some of the delivery, which great. You know, out of all the lines, out of all the interviews that I've listened to of you, no yeah. one ever asked you about play, about being, you know, like the main character in Hades. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No one really ever asked you that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe a few have, but yeah. Um, just like some of the delivery and some of the stuff he says, I'm like, why does this guy remind me of Luke Skywalker a little bit? Like, <laughs> just with like kind of him making it his way, and it's like, oh, like I can't believe I messed that up, or you know, like yeah. you know, just like his internal dialogue to himself and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that kind of makes sense. Him being on like this wholesome journey to like, you know, find these things out. Um, it, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it's cool I, to hear you talk about. I can that. see some of the parallels too, because because you know Luke is angsty, yeah, and wants to feels like he's got a. De- I mean, he's trying to escape where he's from, and he, yep. you know, there's some parallels for sure. Yeah, I can see that. I was going to go to Tashi Station and get some power converters. <laughs> ah, oh, God. Emperor. Oh, God. Um, I, that's, I think that's all the game, the questions we have just pertaining, pertaining directly to the game. So now we have yeah. some just kind of general questions. We're yeah. making good time, gentlemen. I just, wanted to, I just wanted to point that out. So, Sweet. Darren, are you having a good time? That's my, sure. that's my prime. Yeah. That is my prime. Uh, no matter who it is. You know, yeah. sometimes Jacob Bush comes on, and I want to make sure he's comfortable. That's like my, my, my yeah. First I have the goal. worst time when I'm on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is a good one. Yeah. This is a really good one. Yeah, finally, <laughs> he's finally on a good one. Um, why don't you take the lead on this one, Jacob? Well, so again, go ahead and stop this question if you must. But you were talking about in Hades, it was that Turkish instrument that really mm-hmm. inspired that a lot of that soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any fascination you have with a specific instrument right now for anything you're working on in the future? Or is that, has that not hit yet? Well, I mean, I, you know, I'm, we, we, still don't really know what's going on next. Um, for us, that's kind of still up in the air. Um, uh, but, but I have sort of towards the end of Hades became very interested in analog synthesizers, which I had sort of, it's like, ah, it's too much stuff. I don't want to get into that. And then I started kind of getting into it. And I'm like, oh, this is really fun. I like this a lot. <laughs> so, so, you know, not specifically for a project, but I am like really fascinated by um, analog synths. And I, you can see I have a little I have one right here. <laughs> That's, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty dope. Um, 
Uh, so Transistor 2 is confirmed, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Not related to any project. I'm just enjoying the synthesizers. That's awesome. Go ahead, Jacob. Is this... Is this uh... Oh, okay, yeah. So during the process, you know, I watched some of the NoClip documentaries, but when you're making the music for a game, is it at what stage are you are you writing um, the music? Is it is it during like is it pre the game development? Is it throughout the whole process? Is it after the game's made? Um, when are you actually sitting down and writing uh, the the music? Yeah, so it's basically throughout the entire development, uh, and I start the first thing I do on a project is start writing music. So as soon as we have an idea for what the project might be and what the setting is going to be, what the tone and the setting and all these things that we're thinking about sort of high level ideas, I'll go off and I'll start writing some music just to try and see if I can express some of that in music and figure out what the game might sound like. And, and, and that's happening at the same time that, Jen is concepting art and figuring out what the look of the game might be and design is prototyping. And we're, so we're kind of doing it all in tandem, you know? And so, yeah. And then I, I write throughout the entire project essentially, because there's, you know, a, our games in general are developed serially. And so when we get to the next section of the game, we need music for that part and we, you know, need to flesh that out. And so I do it when we get there and, and kind of, kind of go, sequentially if that makes sense makes total sense yeah absolutely yeah yeah that that would seem it's like okay you know you're not gonna start whatever song you know you're not gonna start uh <laughs> setting sail coming home or whatever at the beginning of the process and then yeah. come back to it. it's like oh maybe i'll get to that in a little bit now you're gonna try and get it done go ahead jake but in film right isn't film usually scored after most of the film is mm -hmm. cut so i was just curious with game development if there was a difference and it sounds like significant difference well and there is a, is a difference in game development from the way we do it a lot of times too like i happen to i have the privilege of being an in-house composer that is involved with the development of the game the entire time or not just composer i mean i do all the audio and 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 a lot of times a composer or sound designers will be brought in pretty late in a project when it, most of the stuff is kind of already set and figured out and decided. So uh, I know in the past or, and sometimes still games are a little bit more like film in that way where composers often brought in kind of towards the end of the project. Um, but I think more and more it's becoming a little bit more common for composers to be integrated a little bit earlier these days. Um, and I certainly count my blessings that I'm able to do that because it would be way harder, I think, to come in and just try to like slot it, like try to slot into something, you know. Um, and, but, and yeah, come at I the think, tail end. <laughs> yeah, and I think there's an opportunity for the music to really help help centralize where the, what the team is feeling about the thing creatively, or or at least synthesize with other members of the team like our team will hear this music and then they will produce something and then i will see that and i'll be like oh i want to go and do and you know it'll 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 help um I, th I think that's something that that's hard to quantify but is a really cool thing that that can happen so with that then this is a question i had for later you know with that whenever you're kind of working on stuff drafting things you know demoing stuff you ever have you ever presented something to the team and they were like yeah, that's not what we were thinking like at all. Or do you kind of get like final say? It's like, hey, this is what we're doing. Like, how does that whole process kind of work? 
Yeah, you know, I'm I'm always open to feedback from the team and and earlier on, particularly on the first couple of games, I would seek feedback more actively and and would expect to get feedback a little bit more uh, actively and and on Bastion, <clears throat> I you know I was just I was contracting you know at the beginning of Bastion I was sort of you know they they'd say hey we try and make some music for the, this kind of these kind of contexts and you know we need some sound effects for these kind of contexts and and I would go off and experiment and you know the first piece I made they dug and you know that they had some some thoughts about it but um really like the second piece i made and then from then on there were not a lot a ton of notes you know it's like it's like triangulating early on and and in you know when i started working on bastion i made a a few pieces that were sort of ex or sorry when i started working on transistor i made a few pieces that were sort of experimental trying to figure out what the vibe was and they i was still sort of in the bastion mindset and one of you know i did get a note which was helpful for me to get at that moment which was that well it was a little maybe a little too close or or had too much in common with the bastion vibe and we wanted to try and do something that was a little bit more tonally different and that was really helpful for me at that time and now i sort of have internalized i think enough of the kinds of feedback kind of feedback that that i i don't get a lot of feedback these days frankly i'll i'll, I'll make something that is uh as good as i can make it and seems cool to me and if it passes my bar and i put it in the game and you know people people dig it then that's kind of the end usually um the yeah. end of the feedback loop uh sometimes sometimes i'll get notes but but honestly it's it's um at least for hades it was like very few notes your gauge of cool is really good i just have to say that oh thank if, you if, if you're the one who's putting the final say on that your gauge of cool is perfect even where thank, it's thank, thank you yeah, so, I'm, I'm I'm pretty hard to please. So if I like it, I feel like it must be okay if I like it because I'm a real, <laughs> I'm a, I, uh, yeah, I'm like a real grouch. Yeah, I send two two pages or two songs to Darren Corb, and he sends me four pages of notes. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, awesome. I do suck. I knew it. You know, no, uh, no, 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 no. I'm kidding. I'm joking. No, it was, it was awesome. Um, so like with with that, it's nice hearing you kind of talk about then like what you know, kind of moving into another question like do you ever feel pressured to like outdo yourself? And it's like, Oh yeah, that was dope. But like on this next one though, like, <laughs> like you're not ready. You know what I mean? Like, do you ever feel yourself kind of trying to do that? Or do you just kind of go with the flow? It's like, whatever ends up being the end product. It's like, no, this feels right. Like this is what it is. Like, what do you think? My primary interest is really serving the project. And I have some sub goals usually of, I would like to branch out creatively, do something that's, interesting or exciting or different for me and stretches my comfort zone in some way and that's something that i really want to do on every project but it the primary thing for me is really just what's going to feel good in context with this game what's going to help enhance the world and help immerse the player and what you know what's going to create the vibe of this unique setting and so yeah i'm interested in trying to do stuff I've never done before to some degree or stuff that is, you know, just outside of my comfort zone or far enough that I think I can maybe reach and grab it, you know, but, uh, and that's another interest of mine. So, so like outdoing myself, I mean, really in, in that sense, I, I just want to try and, I just want to try and keep learning and keep expanding my, the things that I, you know, and, and pursue things I'm fascinated by and things that I maybe haven't done just yet. Yeah. I wanted to sense. ask 
I wanted to ask about the uh, recording process mm-hmm. of actual the physical location. So clearly COVID hit, you're working from home, right? Am I assuming mm-hmm. that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Did you work from home prior to COVID ever? Did you record mm-hmm. from home? So the first two games I recorded from my apartment in New York, um, and then I moved to the Bay Area where the studio is located in, you know, just at the beginning of Pyre, essentially. And I started working out of the office, and that was a transition for me because uh, I'd only worked from home before I'd never worked in an office. <laughs> so, um, and then, you know, I kind of got used to that and was in the groove most of the way through Hades, and then the pandemic hit, and I had to sort of refigure out how to work from home. <laughs> um uh, towards the end of the project so right. yeah you had, like a, you had like a vocal booth put in your house like you had it yes delivery, it's right, right yeah. next to me here yeah, yeah. it takes up most of this room i'm in unfortunately but it's <laughs> nice uh, yeah between that and the drums i'm like how are you even in there like there's not yeah not a lot of not a lot of wiggle room in, in here yeah <laughs> yeah i was curious because you know a lot of us had to learn how to work from home and i yep. remember seeing something through note clip that you you did work from home in the past yep. and i think that probably positioned you pretty well to pivot better than most yeah. Uh, people who are in the workforce, right? Yeah. And, and actually, you know, most of us were already working from home on Fridays. We just had like a people kind of work from home on Friday. So I had stuff that I was doing from home, but it was mostly just stuff that, you know, that was direct. Like I didn't need a mic, so like guitars and sometimes basses and stuff like that from home. And me, and I do my, I have my electronic drum kit here, which I'd use to input all the drums. And so I'd play the parts MIDI into, into, you know, and I would do all that stuff here. Um, on Friday. So I'd save drum day for Fridays, you know? Um, but yeah, I had to, I did have to adjust to like doing it all the time from home. It was a bit of an adjustment for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, quite a bit of time has passed since even we last sat down to talk last time. Mm-hmm. So I see your whole rig set up. I mean, what's going on? Have you put more audio inside of Hades since then? No, I have not. Okay. <laughs> I was like, man, like, yeah, we've, so been, I, sorry, go ahead. we've been busy. Yeah. I mean, we've been busy like porting to a million platforms and stuff. And I, the, I've been doing, I have a band that's like in my free time, I'll make stuff with them, a span called Control Group. And we just wrapped an album uh, that's going to, we're going to send to mastering pretty soon. So I've been working well, on that. And that was another a, question on the list. I, yeah, I, this, I literally had that written yeah. up. It's like, any chance we're going to hear a new Control Group record yeah. soon? So, yeah. I mean, I think. You know, it's almost December, but like, I'm gonna send it to mastering before the end of the year for sure. Did um, you get to record that one with Steve Albini too? No, we did not. That one, <laughs> this one. So we recorded the drum tracks for this one before I moved away from New York in 2014. Oh, um, so okay. we've had these drum tracks laying around for like seven years, and uh, yeah, it'll be almost exactly seven years that it took us to make this album because you know we. You know, a year and a half would go by, and I then I'd go and edit the drums, and then another year and a half would go by, and we'd record some overdub guitar overdubs, and we, <laughs> it just took a while. And finally, you know, during the pandemic, I finally thought, you know what, let's wrap up that album. You know, <laughs> sitting at home a lot, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll yeah. work on this album. I gotta get an analog synthesizer here. Let's see what I can do with that. You know, yeah. <laughs> just like, you know, like Epic breakdown, you know, just like a glorious, just one note synth, you know, like yeah, just lots, getting of, into it. Yeah. lots of glide, lots of synth, <laughs> mono synth with glide and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a, a lot of fun. It fools them every time. You know what I mean? Got some, got some car, you know, some cars influence and some stuff, you know, some fun. Well, I'm excited to hear it. Are you guys going to print some vinyls for that one? Probably not because it's expensive, but uh, we are going to do a thing where all the proceeds go to charity and stuff like that. We're going to do that again. So. 
awesome. That'll be rad. Well, I'll definitely check it out. I like I like you guys' band. Awesome. I've, I've listened you. to them, and it's it's pretty rad. Cool. Um, Jacob, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask your question for you, because uh, this is a good Do one. It. Do so, it. So, you know, what's a game franchise that currently exists that you would like love to compose on? I've gotten this question before, and it's such a weird one for me because like a game franchise that I like and admire usually has music that I wouldn't touch because I think it's awesome, you know? (laughs) So I don't know that there is one specifically because if for me, it's like if the music that's there is working and I like it already, you know, go, I don't want any part of that, you know? (laughs) So like, if like, uh, Kaji Kondo or whatever he was like you know what I'm not gonna make uh any Zelda music and then you know uh Miyamoto calls you up and he's like Darren we have to we have to have you come make some music for for the new Zelda Zelda. game you'd be like no I'm done I mean it's one of those things where it's like I just there's such a I don't know it just seems like a weird position to step into I I really admire people who can step into stuff like like gordy hobb and stuff who like does all the star wars video game music and stuff like that guy's amazing because it's like how do you even attempt to be like oh this is just like this has to be believably like feel connected to john williams music somehow it's like jeez man what a yeah what it's, a tall <laughs> tall order well, that would be you and know? the same goes for the star, star wars stories like rogue yeah. one and solo like they have yeah, yeah. they have i mean it's a star wars movie it's yeah john williams though right yeah. and it's just yep. it's hard to to step in there i'm yeah. curious on that note has there been any recent releases uh soundtrack wise or, or any music and games that you've just really dug uh, in the last couple years yes um it's all a blur though <laughs> <laughs> um let me see recent releases in games specifically or movies um dune <laughs> dune yeah dune i thought dune is cool i mean i i yeah i thought the music was cool and i really liked um i thought the the green knight had a really interesting kind of atmospheric funky score um gosh what else there's have you checked out spirit fur by chance you know, I have it. It's on my list. I, I, yeah. That's another one that I bought the the vinyl for, cool. and uh, just from from a music perspective, I highly recommend it. It's also a yeah. good game. Made me cool. made me cry. Which if a yeah. game can do that, it's uh, it's good. a big yeah. deal. <laughs> yeah, I'll check that. I've got it. I think I've got it installed and just haven't played it yet. Yeah. Um, I have another question too. Mm-hmm. So, how often would you say you get to play like? Does playing super giant games feel kind of like work to you a little bit, or do you genuinely enjoy playing them, like in your free time type thing? I just thought of a sorry. I just thought of a game that I really liked. I like the Pathless. Austin's score for the Pathless is awesome. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Same guy go. who did Abzu and Journey, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Austin. Yeah. yeah. Is that how you pronounce his last name? Wintry. Wintry. Yep. Okay. Yep. Cool. I want. Yeah. His sure score was that, fantastic right. for that. So to answer this question. Uh, what was the question? One more time. And oh yes, answer. yes, of course. <laughs> I um, forgot. Uh, this feels this feels like kind of like bad to, i don't want to like step on any toes obviously but like obviously you have to play the game like oh yeah, see yeah, if yeah the music is going to fit yeah yeah. so like which is your favorite super giant game to play mm. and which yeah. one are you best at i think the answer to both is probably hades um though i am pretty good at pyre um on team i you know we had a few real uh ringers on the team and i could 
you know, I can hold my own on, on when we do our like one-on-ones on the team. Um, but, uh, I, for Hades, yeah, I think I'm probably best at Hades and I also enjoy playing it a ton just cause it's so all the other games we've made are very linear, uh, more or less. And so once you play through it, you kind of are familiar with all the beats of the experience and you can change some variables and you have like, you know, the idols and the equivalent of those things, um, in all the games. But, um, it's not quite the same as a game that is meant to support hundreds of hours of play, you know, and I certainly have played Hades for hundreds of hours. Um, and, uh, and it's a blast. I, yeah. I love, <laughs> love playing Hades. I haven't played it in a while, but I certainly like all the sort of testing and stuff I did, especially toward the end of the project where I was making sure, you know, playing for 10 hours a day for, you know, a couple of weeks, just making sure the switch build was all good and trying to look for weird audio bugs and stuff, you know, um, it's a blast. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. That's super refreshing to hear because like for me, I think about like I have moved into audio video production, you yeah. know, for work. Yeah. And I'm trying to kind of make my way eventually into the games industry. Right. We talked yeah. about this last time. So I'm taking a step to do that. And I thought I would be worried at first about like moving into a field that I already am so passionate about. Like anyways, like I, I tell people like, yeah, like I'm like a sound geek, you know, yeah. and I'm always trying to like learn it and do better with it. And, you know, kind of, and, and I think you can kind of, you, you said something, you made a joke earlier about like, you're a grouch. I totally feel like I'm the same way. Like yeah. someone says like, Oh, that sounds great. And I'm like, get out. Like you're an idiot. Mm, yeah. no. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it's always refreshing to hear someone talk about, being day in and day out with like the exact same project or the exact same thing and feel being able to like, feel like they can approach it even from a, from a leisure standpoint and still enjoy it. And it's like, yeah, like this is what I did for work. And like, this is what I did for a living for this particular thing. But I also genuinely enjoy doing this. You know, obviously I'm not, I'm not going to love playing Hades every single day, but, um, cause I don't think playing anything every single day (laughs) is great, but unless it's Halo infinite, um, (laughs) but, uh, you know, it's it's refreshing to hear you talk about like yeah, like no, I love I love it. It's super fun, and I, I love yeah. the experience. Jacob, do you want to say yeah. something? Go for it. No, well, I was just agreeing. Okay, with you. I, no, I, I would. Okay, good, good, good. And and you know, it, it, one of the things that is really important to us when we're figuring out what kind of project we want to do next, or bef- when we're setting out to make a game, it's really important to us that everybody on the team is into the idea of it because it's going to be a thing that you're going to be doing for years you know multiple years of your life are going to be dedicated to this thing and so you've got to be into it because if you're not into it you know you'll be able to feel that in the in the game you know and people won't be won't be jazzed about working on it you know if you're excited about the thing you're working on that is going to carry you through i mean game development is hard and it takes a long time and and the thing that carries you through that challenge is the excitement for the thing you're making you know when I, I love hearing you say that too, because as, as this wacky world kind of moves into like a different place, you know, year after year, like a, a big thing, you know, nowadays is like with like NFTs, you know, there's like a lot of projects that have like really cool purposes and like really cool backgrounds and like really specific artwork, music, all kinds of things that, you know, like speak directly to, to the audience and, you know, there's people in the community and all these podcasts and stuff like that talking about like, oh, yeah, like you can tell if like a project's legit because you can you can feel if it's authentic or not, you know, and like they're talking about it like it's like a new concept. And I'm like, dude, 
we've literally been seeing this for decades with video <laughs> games now. You don't think we can sense inauthenticity if, if a developer is really invested in the project or not? No. Like, come on. You know what I mean? And it's cool to hear you say that because it's nice to know that process is like – you know, it's like whenever a band go like it's like the Foo Fighters going on tour. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. we're doing this for like four years, like this one record. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> let's freaking go, like forever. And yeah. it's nice to know that you guys haven't. It's nice to know you guys haven't lost any zeal for the project you're already currently on. But it's also I asked you last time you were here, like what what what's going on? Like what else are you guys doing? What else are you guys doing next? And you're like we don't know. And yeah. I think that's that's perfectly fine to whatever you guys make next, I'm sure it's going to be incredible. So it's nice to know you guys are just kind of doing your own thing. Um, yeah. I mean, tell... oh, the, go ahead. The, 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 yeah. Just to, to quickly interject there, you know, the, the thing that's really important, I think one of the main things that's really important to us is that we stick together as a team and keep making games. And when we're working on a project, we in general, we don't think too far ahead on purpose um, just so we can kind of fully just have blinders on a little bit and just focus on that thing. Cause if we start to daydream about other stuff, it can, it can be a real distraction. So we tend to be like very single project focused. And then after that, we kind of figure it out and go from there. On, on the topic of synergy, mm -hmm. I just have to say, after playing through these games so close together, mm -hmm. the synergy is so clear because they're such a super giant style, right? Mm -hmm. And that comes from, it sounds like every team member just working in tandem consistently throughout the games. I mean, there, there's no question here. I'm just stating that it's very clear to me as someone who just experienced these games close together yeah. that of of uh, game developers, the super giant style is, it's there. It's a thing. Awesome. And I absolutely love it. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it, it was even for me, you know, dipping my toes into each game as they were kind of coming out, maybe not necessarily devoting the time to beating them. Because I, mm -hmm. you know, I say I'm a huge super giant fan and I am especially even more so now, but my love was always with the Bastion, you know? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, so now kind of having the entire picture and like experiencing all these things for myself, it's like, yeah, I, I totally agree with Jacob. Like you can, it, it just, it, it's that band that has that one of a kind sound. It's like whenever, whenever, um, you know, Radiohead comes mm -hmm. on, two things happen. One, you know, unequivocally it is Radiohead, no yeah. matter whether it's going to be Kid A or the King of Limbs, you know, like, oh, well that's, really weird and also you cannot explain it to anybody you just have to experience it and i think that's what supergiant has really set the bar in and like literally i have things where i'll be playing a triple a game and i'm like have they played have, have the people that made this game have they played like any of supergiant's games because you know like even and that, it's not always great to compare you know yeah. indie developers and stuff but there have been times where like, i would play a game it's like I hate this, like, and I just don't, you know, and it would receive like a lot of critical acclaim and I just wouldn't understand it because yeah. my mind, my first indie game ever was Bastion. So my mind yeah. immediately goes there. So yeah. kind of having like that one of a kind experience kind of go through all of your guys's games, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's really speaks to a testament of how devoted you guys are and how, how well you all execute. So thank you. That's I wanted nice to piggy, to piggyback on Jacob though. <laughs> yeah, of course we, we're, we're, we're you know, I, I don't think you should have expected anything less. I'm like one of the biggest super giant fans on the planet. So, and now so is Jacob. So, awesome. yep, um, absolutely. so it's been about an hour, you know, I said we wouldn't take too much of your time and I, believe it or not, if I'm lying, I'm dying. We got through all the questions that Amazing. we had written. Look at look at that. You Fantastic. know, we keep the conversation going. So, um, Jacob, do you have anything else before we uh, 
wrap this thing up? Just general thank you to Darren. That was amazing. And uh, I'm a huge fan of your work and excited to see what's next. Awesome. Thank you. Same. Yeah. Thank you so much for, uh, for coming on uh, again. Darren to a different show and yep. who knows maybe next year I'll reach out to you again and we'll <laughs> see if we can get you back on for another one I mean I'm I'm not I'll probably try like let's just be real it'll pro- I'll probably reach out to you again so anyways it was a blast to have you on and uh yeah just thank you so much man we, we really appreciate it yeah yeah thanks for having me it was fun yeah absolutely well uh take care and you have a good night yeah you too see you all right bye-bye